Welcome to Brave New World, a podcast with creative people speaking to the challenges of our new current environment. We're asking our creative community about how they're adapting to difficulties in the current landscape and how we might all move forward together. I'm Brian Alfred. On this episode, Dushko Petrovich, an artist, writer, editor, and publisher, co-founder of Paper Monument, and currently the chair of the New Arts Journalism Department at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. My name is Dushko Petrovich. I am a person. Um, <laughs> never know what to say first. I'm an artist, writer, editor, publisher, educator. I am a co-founder of Paper Monument, which I do with Roger White. And I run DME, where I do my own um, independent publications. And I am the chair of the New Arts Journalism Department at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, I think I'm holding up pretty well in the new environment in part because so far for my family, things have been relatively good. Um, I live in Chicago together with my wife, Magdalena Moskalevich, and our um, 16-month-old daughter. And we have a pretty good space at home. And we both teach at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. So... Um, and we've both managed to stay healthy during this time. So we've really just been dealing with, um, being at home all the time and not having childcare. So we have a system of, um, dividing up the day and dividing up Magda's, um, uh, home office basically. So we just basically trade the baby for the office and go do our work. So it's good. It's very intense. Um, because between the baby and our jobs, um, and the chores, there's really, that's really a, a lot. Um, so I think one of the main things is just been able, is just us trying to, um, you know, pace ourselves and, and, and stay, um, steady during that whole process. Um, and then another part of my life has been really just dealing with my students and everything they're going through because I have a lot of international students and, when the school went remote, there was just a lot of upheaval in terms of, you know, the new reality of teaching online, but also my students were really debating with themselves whether to go back to their home countries, if they could go back to their home countries, um, whether they wanted to move out of the dorms in Chicago, what the possibilities were for them and their apartments, things like that. So I've been trying to help them um, adjust to their new environments. So kind of managing that in a kind of advisory mentoring capacity. So that's really been us in the new environment. Um, 
in terms of how things have changed for me in my creative life, it's interesting. I think right now I'm still in a process of being able to continue a lot of the projects and ways of working that I had previously um, because a lot of my publishing and editing work was already done remotely. In fact, I would say that we've moved from emails to having um, more Zooms, actually, in order in order to have our meetings. Um, so that part has has somewhat continued, of course, with the change that all the projects are now being considered in light of the new global reality of this pandemic. Um, interestingly, um, I sort of laugh because it, it did kind of come as a surprise to me. Um, we started getting more publishing pitches at Paper Monument. I think um, once people were trapped inside, they were looking through their old files, maybe in old projects and deciding finally to submit that book proposal or project proposal to us. So we've actually been pretty busy reviewing a lot of that stuff. Um, and then in terms of writing, I had a project that I had already signed up for, um, an essay for Art News about changes in the Art History Survey, which initially felt like a difficult thing to focus on given the kind of intensity of the news, but I was able to use it as a kind of grounding thing and just continuing with that project because I did feel like being able to report on those kind of academic changes was important, um, even though they're currently being overshadowed by more pressing things. So I was able to write that essay and now I'm sort of pivoting towards you know, what would be really urgent to write about now um, in terms of my journalism practice. Um, I haven't been going to the studio. I have a studio in another part of town and, you know, we're in, you know, stay at home mode. So I haven't really been doing that, which, you know, for now has been okay. Um, I'm waiting for the summer to kind of reassess um, what kinds of things I might do at home. Actually, my main project with, for the summer was supposed to be a memoir, so that's logistically still possible. I'm not totally sure emotionally whether that will be a really good project to kind of delve into the past or if it will seem... Um, too bizarre or too irrelevant or too difficult um, to kind of summon that lost world, um, doubly lost. I mean, it's kind of it's a memoir about the 70s and my life in this, in my early life. So I don't know, you know, I haven't really started that, but that was my plan. And I think I could still try it, but I have to see how that goes. Um, yeah, so that's where my creative life kind of stands. I've considered 
um, resuscitating a couple of older projects. You know, I did um, Adjunct Commuter Weekly and I had been working on um, issues of the Daily Gentrifier for different cities. Um, I had done New York and L.A., uh, Columbus and Philadelphia, and I was working on Chicago, Nashville, New Orleans, and um, St. Louis. And now my feeling is maybe I should do updates on the Daily Gentrifier in terms of how the pandemic is affecting gentrification, because obviously those kind of um, real estate and displacement pressures are really intensified right now with everyone losing work and everyone shifting around in fear. Um, I think there might be new questions around gentrification and around how artists interact with gentrification. So that's one thought I have. Um, and similarly with Adjunct Commuter Weekly, um, I had retired as editor of Adjunct Commuter Weekly when I took a tenure track position, but it did seem to me that I could release a special issue or um, post updates to the website that deal with how um, non-tenure track faculty are dealing with the increased insecurity of the pandemic because it seems to me that the already precarious situation that a lot of adjuncts were in before is dramatically worse um, as schools will un inevitably be making cuts and probably be making cuts starting with um, people who have the least um, status at the institution. So um, it did strike me that that would be a project that I could kind of bring back in this new um, pandemic situation. So I'm thinking about that, but the truth is right now I'm just trying to get to the end of the semester and then I'll reassess um, in mid-May. Um, the question of how I'm facing the challenges is a good one. Um, so far, it's really been about trying to connect with the routine that we have here and to make sure that that routine is manageable and feels like it's being used to do meaningful work um, and letting myself adjust it, you know, when it feels like it's not working for me. Um, I'm somewhat fortunate as a professor that even within the kind of um, pressurized thing of having a baby and having a lot of work to do, I do have some freedom in terms of how I arrange that work. So I've been trying to use that freedom and again, trying to pace myself, um, really not worrying about smaller things and trying to focus on the bigger questions of how to still provide a meaningful education for my students, how to mentor my graduate students in this really difficult um, transition for them, something that would have already been a difficult transition 
um, leaving graduate school and entering cultural journalism is never really an easy thing to do, but now it's obviously um, much, much more difficult. So I'm just trying to help help my students navigate that and help them finish the thesis projects that they were working on. Um, yeah, so I think routine has played a big, really big role. Um, I think like a lot of people, I'm focused on, you know, the daily domestic details, cleaning, fixing up things at the house that, you know, we had put off fixing up, um, trying to manage the food um, so everything is uh, being used in the best way to minimize the number of trips we take to shop and keep everyone, you know, feeling nutritious um, and um, like there's a variety <laughs> uh, of food despite the kind of limitations of our pantry. So, you know, just really focusing on those kinds of things has been really good for me. There have been times um, a few weeks ago, it all kind of blends together for me, but a few weeks ago, Magda and I were both sick, I don't think with coronavirus, but we don't know. And we kind of had to, um, everything got more intense, obviously, during that period and trying to include rest and recuperation of being sick was very, very hard. Um, and right after that, I wasn't really able to consult social media and consult the news in the way that I normally do. Um, I'm a pretty social media active and, uh, you know, obviously I'm a journalism professor, so I read a lot of news, not just cultural news, obviously, but news news and um, there was a week there and then a subsequent weekend where I really had to um, to shut all that stuff out. You know, it was just too much to be processing all the new science and all the new reporting um, and all the political stuff and trying to figure out how that applied um, to our particular situation and to the cultural situation broadly. Um, you know, those are things that I take really seriously, but... I had to give myself a break because it was just overwhelming um, when I myself was feeling sick. Um, so I would say that that's been a big part of facing the challenge. Um, also trying to figure out what kind of solidarity work I can do and, you know, what new projects or existing projects I can be a part of to um, help people who are less fortunate and to build the kind of social changes that I think we have desperately needed, but now it's become even more clear that we need um, big social changes. So that's something I've just been starting on really, but talking to some of my friends who are in the labor movement, talking to people in the arts about... Um, what kind of activist and and mutual support projects um, are emerging, and also in terms of the institutions that I'm already a part of, the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and 
paper monument, which was a part of N plus one, you know, really trying to figure out how things are going to move forward at those organizations. So doing that kind of work, um, again, makes me feel like I'm doing meaningful things and keeps me engaged. Um, and again, I kind of have to manage it because um, it does get pretty intense. And as everyone is noticing, um, Zoom is incredibly fatiguing. And especially if you're talking about difficult subjects or contentious subjects, Zoom is a really um, less than adequate um, uh, medium, you know, unfortunately, I think that's what we have to use for the, for the short term. But, um, that's been something I've been thinking about. In terms of advice and encouragement, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it would if I had any advice or encouragement, it would have to stem from someone's particular situation. Um, the things that I find myself saying generally is for people to, um, as I have been doing, try to find the things that you already know give you meaningful work and a sense of direction and a sense of connectedness and then find out how those things are changing now and how you need to change with them or how you need to actively change the structures that you're a part of to respond to what everyone's going through. Um, I think one thing that's really hard right now um, is asking for help. So I think that's something we all need to pay attention to, both in terms of how we ourselves ask for help or kind of confess about how we're doing, um, but also making sure that we're paying attention to other people and reaching out to other people. Um, I think that's just become more difficult and more necessary because we're not bumping into people we're not seeing people randomly, so we really have to kind of exert ourselves to uh, check up on people. I think especially anyone who you think is um, doing badly or, you know, is alone or is going through um, a health or financial crisis. I think that's really the most important thing. Um for us all to do. Um, and I have to remind myself daily that, you know, even after I've completed my own tasks and kind of survived the routine of, of my day and, and my family's direct problems, I still need to find time to, um, to look after other people and see, um, how everyone's doing. In terms of how people can support me, um, Honestly, I feel like I'm doing okay right now. Um, I think that the most important thing for people is to, you know, find groups and to find activities and movements that they feel like are going to help us come out of this situation and help, 
help us make the changes that we need uh, more broadly to deal with health and community um, and distribution of resources like food and medical care and mental health um, that I think it's become even more clear than it was. We really need better systems, especially in the United States, but I think also all around the world um, to deal with with those kinds of problems. I think um, in the arts, we don't often do a good job of dealing with those questions in a structural way and in a, um, in a group way. So um, I know the odds are, are, are even more stacked against us now because we're more isolated. But I think that the, um, the need for that has really become even more clear. And so I hope that artists can find ways, um, as you're doing, Brian, to help people come together and work on shared problems together, because really that's the only way um, we're going to be able to, to solve our problems. Brave New World. Music by Nazca Lines. Produced and hosted by Brian Alfred.